Hey everybody, so before we jump into today's podcast, I just wanted to A, thank you guys, give you a little bit of a reminder. If you enjoy this content, however you're watching it, consuming it, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you gotta do, comment on it if you can. Leave us a review, it really helps us out and it can help grow our platform and reach more people. And if you know someone that can benefit from this, please share it with them. If you have a question, if you wanna reach out to us, let us know. And then lastly, we have all of our amazing programs, courses, and coaching available in the resources below. So check that out, definitely take advantage of it. We have everything from free options all the way up to paid programs and everything in between to fit pretty much anyone's budget. And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you guys. Let's get on into the episode. Yeah, fighters. What's going on, everybody? It's Mike here. Episode 142 of the Life of a Fighter podcast. And I want to do a little bit of a recap. We're a couple weeks late on this. Um, but I had some really good content in some other episodes the last few. So I wanted to make sure we got those in still. And... Today we're going to be covering the Muay Thai seminar, at least the topics that I really went over um, with the seminar I did at Road Combat Club, and really the theme of the seminar was checks and check returns. So when we're talking about checks, we're talking about low kick, body kick, and high kick checks um, for kicks, and then also what we're doing, again, in return, because it's one thing to just check a kick, it's another thing to offensively check it, and, and what I mean by that is you not only check, but then you get some offense off of it, and you can start to read timing and work a whole bunch of things off that, which is great. So I wanted to go into the details of it, some of the finer talking points. Obviously, it's not as good as being there, um, but I thought it would be really good stuff. And if you guys want the actual PDF for it, um, we're making it available for our Fitness Nutrition Vault members. And you can actually now um, – we have more content that's available with just the content pass. So a content pass is going to be a one-time pass to just get access to that individual article as opposed to just getting the membership itself. Um, some people just want to have that one piece of content that they really like. That's cool. That's fine. Um, we'll make that available for you. And yeah, without further ado, we'll jump into all the fun. Um, check the links below for all the sponsors, all that fun stuff. We're not really going to go through a bunch of that today. I really wanted to jump right into this good stuff. Um, so first, the biggest thing is going to be warming up. Okay, the idea of a warm up is um, really five minutes. Three to five minutes is the absolute minimum. I really like um, doing a ten minute warm up and a gradual progression up to gradually bringing your heart rate up to about eighty to one hundred percent of its max, and just get the circulation going from there. And again, depending on again, you have to check in with your body. Do these body scans is um, what it's been referenced as, and, and I like that kind of wording and terminology is really scan your body from head to toe and be like, all right, where's the aches and pains today? Where do I feel good? Is anything really kind of bothering me? And then being mindful of that and saying, okay, we have our um, warm-up protocol of like, all right, five to 10 minutes doing our dynamic stretch routine or typical ones that we're going to go through. Sometimes maybe we have to add something in there or pull something out based on how we're feeling and then dial up and down the intensity on different things accordingly. Um, so that's something that, again, ideally your coach is doing. And that's one of the benefits I was talking to Alex, one of our fighters, about is he's a coach and a fighter like many fighters are. And sometimes you end up becoming your own coach a lot, um, even in your own mind. So it's good to have someone you can just completely rely on that, like, listen, I got all this. I'll take care of this. You don't have to think about anything. Just show up and everything's calculated. So that's ultimately where I think um, also experienced coaches come into play at the gym. That's why you can never replace that. Um, so with that being said, our warm-up. Three minutes, what I like is a three-minute warm-up round with different themes each round. So let's say first round is a freestyle round where you're just focusing on getting your footwork down, your heart rate up. Then the second round is working movement on a certain plane or a certain type of um, footwork that we've been working on, like front to back or lateral. 
And then third round is kind of um, more rotational work and being able to move in space more and having more dynamic movement with the footwork and your heart rate going up a little bit more progressively working. And also, something I like is the last 30 seconds of the round always having a high interval burst or even 15 seconds of the round, depending on how you're working your intervals. But the last little bit, the last 30 seconds, you want a higher output because that's what, especially when we're talking about fighting and competition, what judges tend to remember. Unless there's a big event that happened in the middle, the early part of the fight or the round, the end of the round is really what's going to leave a lasting impression. So we want to always have that in the gas tank to win that. And then we're doing 30 to 60 second rest windows uh, between our sets or our three rounds. And then right from there, I like to go right into our dynamic stretching. Again, I have a pretty um, standard one. And then we have uh, progressions and regressions you can use for each of these depending on where you're at and where the, the person's at. And you can kind of mix and match them a little bit, but this is the basic order and standard like uh, Frankensteins or toe touches where you're really just hinging at your hip and getting your leg out in front of you. Getting some dynamic movement into the hamstring specifically because part of excuse me, striking or grappling or competing or any kind of acceleration sports is not just the acceleration of the limb or the object that you're trying to move, but the deceleration factor, especially with your body being the one that's moving it. It's got to be able to decelerate it just as efficiently. Otherwise, it really can't soundly go through those movements, especially repetitively. So that's something that we're going to work on, especially with this Frankenstein, keep in the back of our mind, is our hamstrings have to have the elasticity to be able to go through the full range of motion, but also the tension to be able to stop it, bring it back, and repeat that multiple times and not snap or fall under pressure or anything like that or inhibit the movements because they're too tight and they haven't been properly stretched. So that's a big benefit. And then we're going to go into knee up. So we're going to bring our knee up. Um, Again, keeping it pretty uh, vertical, trying to keep your hip in a pretty squared position. And then the bottom foot, ideally when you're first starting, your foot's flat and you're trying to feel your balance. And as your stability gets better and you get more comfortable, you can get on the ball of your foot and challenge the stability a little bit more. But I like all of this, again, barefoot. You get as, mu as much texture exposure to a surface as you can. Um, that was a podcast that I covered with Dr. Tony Ricci way, way, like probably two years ago at this point. But you can see it if you want to search the blog. I'll put a link below as well. And we talk about like the benefit of textural exposure and ne neurological stimulation of that, especially in the feet because there's so many nerve endings, and then more muscle recruitment with that neurological stimulation and the benefits. So that's why barefoot or getting as much textural surfaces um, as you can, the better. And anyways, going on tangents here. So we got our knee ups. Now we're going to go into our piriformis variation, which is, again, this is where I highly recommend watching the video. There's only so much I can walk you through, but it's similar to the knee up. But instead, you're going to be taking, if we're going with our left knee up, we're going to have our left hand actually cup and support the knee. We don't want to actually be putting torque or tension or pressure on the knee joint itself. That's not how it was meant to move. It's meant to be literally front to back flexion extension, not any kind of, kind of lateral deviations or rotation shit like that. It's supposed to just be a hinge joint. So with that being said, we're going to support it, cup it where it's going to be at its weakest potential point, and um, pull at the shin. And we're basically trying to get our piriformis muscle, which is under our, or near our glute, um, that tends to cause a lot of tightness and restriction in our hips, and we really don't get to it enough, so that's a really important one. Again, same principle applies with the leg that's on the floor. You can either start with a flat foot and get on the balls of your foot. Again, this is also going to be a benefit because it's priming up those neural pathways to having to kick, right, and being on the balls of our feet, so it's good to get this firing. And then to finish our single-leg Romanian deadlifts, I like two variations of this um, pretty commonly, and again, the key point here is good technique, technique over everything. So we're hip hinging, 
Um, again, videos are very helpful, so watch the video. I'm not going to go into tremendous detail, but we want to keep our good posture. We want to make sure that we're just hinging at our hip, not really bending in our knee too much. And then what I like to cue is with our hands, as we're hinging down, we're reaching forward with our arms. You're trying to think like you're elongating out your spine. And then the leg that's not staying flat on the ground is going to be hinging back as a counterbalance, but also simultaneously trying to stay straight, have good control of it, firing up your glute, actively squeezing it, and then keeping your foot and your hip square to the ground, not letting it externally rotate or internally rotate or deviate any which way. You want to keep it pretty squared up. And then we come back down, take a step forward, and then do the same thing. Another variation I like is on the way back, once you've gotten comfortable with it a little bit, you can add either a hinge down now instead of reaching forward, both hands hinge down, and then you skip forward and then have to land on the other leg and kind of increase that uh, demand and proprioception, biospatial awareness. Um, or you can, if you're not feeling so comfortable, you're willing to leap off the ground, you hinge, and you're going to go down with your hand that's the same leg as going back for the counterbalance. So for example, if my left leg is going to stay flat on the ground, I'm reaching forward with my left arm still, but my right arm is going to be going down to the ground and my right leg is going to be hinging back. And now we have some hip mobility and actual strengthening. So um, there's, there's this constant balance I like to kind of keep in mind with the philosophy. So one thing I wanted to mention as well is the idea of a philosophy behind what we're doing too. It's not just the technique and the X's and O's of it. It's how you put it together and the thought process behind it. And understanding that deeper philosophy to me allows you um, or whoever's listening to it and however you're applying it to be more creative with it, make it your own and interpret your way and put your touch on it because what might work for my range may not work for yours, but how we approach it and how we get in and the footwork behind it or the techniques behind it might be beneficial or some of the benefits to when you throw kicks and the techniques behind it. So there's always something to take away. It's like kind of I'm going on a tangent, but that's the point. So again, um, mobility and strengthening. So to have enough strength in the tissue to be able to get through the range of motion and do damage, and put out power, so on and so forth, but also enough elasticity and range of motion to be able to allow it go through that full range of motion without causing any problems is a work and an effort in and of itself and can be um, a sticking point for a lot of people that have maybe bad habits or just haven't addressed it. So that's a whole thing that we can actually offer you assessments. And the beautiful thing about this is actually it's a lot easier now with technology because we have you know, uh, Skype and all these different video chat options. We can have you just record it, send it in, we can assess it. It's not as good as obviously having an in-person option, which we also have more Life of a Fighter approved gyms and coaches and networks that you could look at. And so you can click below and find the link if it's available near you. And if not, we'll find someone that we could at least recommend or help you find, even if it has nothing to do with us, just finding uh, a good coach you could trust or what to look for as well. And one of the things you want to look for is um, experience and Ask them certain questions like, for example, are you assessing or are we just going right into a workout? How do you design your workouts? Where does that come from? What kind of education? Also, what's your experience? Who have you worked with? Um, those are some basic things that you can ask to get a feel for and also their philosophy too. And the environment, like see if all those things kind of blend together well. Anyways, I'm going on a tangent. So get an assessment. Figure out if there's any specific things you want to address. But here's some basic exercises and mobility things that we can do across the board that are very beneficial. So fire hydrants first and foremost. Again, all these, I don't want to get too much into the technical side of it. I'd rather you watch the videos and there's a lot to cover. So we're going to go through them a little bit. So fire hydrants, three sets, one minute each leg. You're doing both legs, then you rest a minute and repeat that cycle. Then walking quadrupeds. There's a lot of quadruped variations and so much benefit to it. Um, the walking one's actually one step above the traditional um, or place I like to start, which is just the proper cues and activations and um, 
there's actually a really good video series on that um, by I believe it's Dr. Brent Brookbush or Brookbush. I'll put the link below as well, and he breaks it down pretty well and, and some things you can do with like a ball in between your shoulders and see how it moves and things like that. Um, again, three sets, one minute of walking forwards and backwards. I use five steps as the kind of a number here. You can go ten, depends on the space. If you can go one, if you don't have that kind of space, if you can just hold it, that's fine as well. And then um, to finish it up, standing tie style hip rotation drill with a partner or ideally on some kind of couch table something at hip level at least or waist level at least if you have that range of motion the idea behind this is to get the um really the technique and the neural pathways and the muscular endurance behind the hip turn the pivot getting on the ball of your foot because you need a lot of stability in the legs you need a lot of mobility in your hips and you need the kind of neurological and brain power aspect to it to fuel it all and get it comfortable and have it drilled in where you can't be thinking about it when you're trying to apply if you're thinking about it, you're getting hit in the face you're not seeing what's happening there so this is the time to practice practice the reps to go in for 100 reps we're breaking it down four sets four sets of 25 reps with one minute break in between pretty um not only beneficial but i think easy to work in at almost any point in the day wherever you get an opportunity to do it and then just something that you can do really anywhere with, with, with some time is footwork and walking and just figuring out, and again, click the link below. I don't want to go too much into all the details of it, but how you're going to stand, how you distribute your weight. So a big thing too with this little philosophy perspective is I always want you to be in a position where you can be offensive and defensive. You don't want to be out of position where you're trying to be offensive and you're losing an option to be defensive and you don't want to put too much emphasis on defense and no longer put yourself in an offensive position where you can strike or even do something clinch and if it's MMA takedowns whatever so always find that balance of being in position and distributing your weight and moving and ranging and, and fakes and feints where you can still be defensive when needed and be offensive especially if you potentially get caught off guard but the more reads you can get the better visualize a lot watch a lot of videos even if you put it up on the TV and move around it and work with it and having a partner is even better so that's like kind of the footwork and also be able to just properly walk and a big basic behind that is no matter what your stance is but let's say orthodox with your left foot forward right foot back about hip width in each direction um, good stability back and forth light on your feet about 50 50 weight distribution between front leg back leg or maybe 40 on your front leg 60 on your back so you can down foot a little bit um, we want to be able to say okay if I want to move forward what legs gonna take me my front legs gonna take me so your left leg would step first then your right foot so if you want to go back your back foot would take you first then your left leg so if you want to move left your left leg takes you first and then if you want to move right your right foot takes you first so you never cross your feet there's never a reason to do that because that doesn't put us in good position for either offense or defense so why be there you know if it's a mistake okay we have to accept you made a mistake but now we address it we don't just say oh well that was a mistake and we just ignore it no you got to address it you got to rip the root out right off the bat um so that's that kind of philosophy and that's i think the deeper thing from it um, then we can work in pivots and get fancy with all that types of fun stuff but first just learning how to move and circle is a big portion and just being comfortable there okay and we go into the mechanics of the check um and this is like a, i can do a whole podcast just on this but really the the emphasis is creating a wall and what i mean by that is good proper structure good hip um, positioning behind it toes po I like toes pointing down only because my, I don't want to jam up my toes some people like the toes flex because you also have some muscles in front anterior tibialis that you can flex at least and create a little bit of um, tension and thickness between the bone and the the opponent's shin um, but I'm, I, you know I think you can still kind of cue it up a little bit and flex it while still pulling your toes down um, just maybe not as effectively 
And I think if you, you condition your shins right, you position it right, you get it on the bone anyway, so the, the tissue and the muscle might not be doing as good. But there's something to it. So anyways, um, also what I like to think is I slightly cheat my shin. Instead of being at 90 degrees with my hip and my knee and then my knee and my ankle, I like to be at 90 degrees from my hip to my knee, but then from my knee to my ankle, I'll be at, let's say, 105 degrees tilted forward. So that it's almost like a little upwards angle ramp. So that if I'm checking, it makes it easier to scoop, especially if they get lazy with the kick and I can hook it with my foot, scoop it up, catch, and then maybe step right hand, push them over, or then bring it in, pull them back, and then do something with it. But I find it's effective. And then also, when there's a strong kick coming and you slightly cheat forward, you get a little bit of room, like wiggle room, to be able to absorb that kick. Versus if you're at 90 degrees and you absorb it a little bit, 10 degrees, the impact's more because if you also think about the... Um, just physics of it and the positioning and where the lever is coming from, the fulcrum, all that fun stuff. Your leg's going to be stronger with it past 90 degrees versus within 90 degrees while it's not as far flexed out. That's when more muscle um, recruitment's happening and you're having more strength in there. So if you're going to do a leg extension, you wouldn't want to start, um, let's say, it's a, nah, that's, not a, that's not the best analogy, but it just gives you a little bit more muscle engagement is basically, I think, the best way to say with that. So... Both sides is very similar concept, and there's way more in the video, so click on the links below. Um, and yeah, if you want the content pass for the full, full thing all together, click on that as well below, or Fitness Nutrition Vault. We have Black Fridays coming up, so um, we're having some really cool sales going on for that. I'll be seeing on our social media, whether it's our pro coaching program, personal training packages, even online consulting, it's all going to be discounted pretty significantly, and it, it'll lock, it, like, lock you into your goals, and we're going to really get it down and... Yeah, I, it just gets me excited to like kind of focus on other people's goals too because it just gets me kind of locked in on my own as well. It's like that accountability on another level. Anyways, without more tangents. Then we go into a little bit longer return on our checks. So we want to not just check, but we want to be able to check and return, whether it's single strike just to get warmed up and then longer combos, but ideally you have a nice long flow. And then I like to finish with um, shadow boxing or flow drilling and just kind of going through things and kind of trying to utilize and use what you just learned but at the same time slowing your body down slowly switching over from um, sympathetic to parasympathetic and, and rest and digest and getting your body ready to recover now because you're going to eat after this too and you want your body to absorb those nutrients and put it where it needs to go and reduce inflammation and, and be able to lower a stress level and all that fun stuff so we do our cool down and then we're going to statically stretch so we dynamically stretch to warm up get the muscles ready to work now we're going to cool them down and create a longer response, longer uh, stimulation to relax the Golgi tendon, the myelin sheath, the fascia in that area. And 30 seconds to 60 seconds seems to be the nice window. 30 seconds is the minimum effective amount. 60 seconds is, I like it, also just um, if you have that kind of time, use it. But more than that can tend to be a little bit um, plateauing from what I've seen. But if you feel like it's making an impact and you see the range of motion benefit, hey, go for it. Um, just be mindful of it and how your body feels. Again, keep doing body scans. See if there's any spots that are jumping out at you. Stay a little bit longer in those areas. Pay attention to it. And yeah, schedule that time. That's the big part too. We'll schedule time in for training, but we forget about the stretching, the warm-up, the cool-down, the things that help keep us healthy and, and coming back onto the mat and getting back into training. So that's the big thing that I want everyone to take away from this too is how to approach training a little bit more systematically and intelligently so that injury, we're already in a sport where injuries are going to happen. Why don't we take every precaution possible to just intelligently prevent that as much as we can? 
um, that's a big takeaway I want y'all to take from this, as well as with the philosophy, that's part of the philosophy. Let's train smarter, then harder. So we can train smart and warm up properly, prevent injuries, all that good stuff, but then we can show up and do it again because we recovered the right way and we timed it properly and we planned for it properly. So that's where I'm going to leave it on this, guys. I hope y'all enjoyed that. A little bonus is going to be the Q&A nutrition stuff we talked about on this one, and then we have our nutrition workshop part two. I'll put a link for that as well. Um, we got a content pass for that if you want, or you can do the fitness nutrition vault. It's all good stuff. Uh, appreciate y'all. Love y'all. I hope you have a good holiday next week for Thanksgiving. I'm going to put out um, – we have our holiday cravings and sugar cravings, our fighter guys, cheat sheets. That's what we talked about the nutrition workshop. That was two podcasts ago. I highly recommend checking that out because it's just all good stuff, man. It's year-round really kind of stuff, but since – we, I specifically mentioned holiday and Thanksgiving options. You might want to give it a listen too just to make it through and feel good. If not, it's all good, guys. Check you later. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for watching, listening, consuming that episode. If you guys enjoyed it and you haven't already, please like, uh, please comment. If you haven't reviewed, please leave a review. If you haven't followed or subscribed, please do that as well. Again, it tremendously helps us out. And then just a quick reminder, if you guys want more resources, we have them below. We have our programs, everything from free all the way up to paid and kind of everything in between dial in with the customization and we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up for that, do so below. It's free. And that is it y'all. See you on the next one.